somebody shout yes. Shout yes. Shout until you don't feel like stopping anymore. Shout until you shout past every resistance. You can be seated if you can. You can be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Woo! y'all said, I'm tired. Don't you dare give more of your energy to Starbucks and early morning fellowship. Don't you dare give more of your energy and attention to all those things than you do giving God the praise. I give him my first fruits. I give, how many of you know this is the first day of the week? I'm giving God the best of my energy today. I'm giving him the best of my attention. I don't feel no waste time. Oh, come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be And I don't believe he brought me this far. To lead me. Anybody got that testimony this morning? Uh, come on, I don't feel no ways tired. Come on, I don't feel no ways tired. Hallelujah. I keep trying to get y'all to sit down. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Oh, my God. It's dangerous in here today. We need to put some ushers. I need y'all to put the signs on the outside of the sanctuary doors real quick. Uh, enter at your own risk. Just go ahead and put them up this morning. We entered the danger zone this morning. Hell, them demons need to know if they step up in here, their life is in danger this morning. The kingdom of hell needs to understand. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? Y'all still don't want to sit down. My God. How many of you were simply blessed by everything the Holy Ghost did in this house the past couple of nights around here? Anybody thankful for what God has done in this place? I think this week we baptized like six or seven more people in Jesus' name. All of them receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We just, we just been calling it our COVID revival. And the revival part is stronger than the COVID part. Hello, how your mama doing? And uh, we're thankful for all the Lord has done. I thank God for the word of the Lord that came forth Thursday evening, Pastor Buxton preaching 
about heaven in your hand and hell in your How many of you got all the hell out of your heart? Uh, and you've got heaven on your, in your hand and in your heart this morning. Friday night, Pastor Jackson preached a kingdom in need of a Caleb. My God have mercy. How many of you are determined to be a Caleb in the kingdom of God? Every one of these messages have been so, so directed by the hand of God. And then yesterday, of course, Brother Williams preached so powerfully under the unction of God's hand about this cup. How many of you are holding the cup this morning? You got the cup in your hand this morning. Amen. You, you really can take a seat if you, I mean, if you don't want to sit down, you don't have to. You can, you can run the aisles while we talk for a minute. I mean, but I want, I want to, again, I know I said it already this week, but, but I want to take just another moment to very sincerely from the, the depths of my heart say how, how thankful and how grateful I am for every saint of God who worked tirelessly over the past several weeks to make this week such an incredible moment across our globe. I think we ought to just give a resounding applause this morning for every laborer, every prayer warrior, every person, come on, that, that gave of your time and your talent and your treasure to the kingdom of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On behalf of First Lady and myself, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm just overwhelmed and humbled by the greatness of God's precious people. And uh, I love each and every one of you more than life itself. And I, I am just humbled to be walking this road to heaven and laboring in the kingdom beside each and every one of you. So thank you. Thank you for all that you do, not just for impact. This is All we did was invite people to come have church with us the way we always have church. Y'all are faithful week in, week out, and I thank God and I salute you for that today. Amen. And uh, I want to say to all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord, what a privilege and an honor it is to have you at The Rock on Sunday morning. One more time, Rock Church, would you help me put your hands together and make some Holy Ghost crazy noise? We could do a little bit better than that. Come on, help me, help me let all of our guests know how much we appreciate them. If you are a first-time guest to the Rock Church this morning, uh, you should have received a VIP invitation card when you walked in the door. If you did not receive one, if you'll just slip your hand in the air, our ushers will make sure and get one to you immediately. But that VIP card is an invitation for you to join us in a room that we've prepared, a special room with some refreshments, and we've got a small gift that we'd like to give you this morning as a token of our appreciation uh, that you would take time out of your schedule to come and worship with us. We'd love a chance to, First Lady and I would love a chance to, to get to meet you and, and uh, your family. And so I just invite you immediately as after we dismiss the service, if you'll go out in the lobby, there's a red carpet. And if you'll just make your way to that red carpet, there'll be somebody there to escort you in. And we just want to take a couple of moments of your time and, and uh, tell you how much we appreciate you. One more time, would you help me put your hands together for all of our guests that are here? 
Rock Church, would you help me give it up for our guests that are here from out of state for Impact After Party? These are all the real party animals that just hung out over for service this morning. We're so grateful to have you here with us. And uh, I've got a note on a more sobering note, and uh, I know this is, uh, we, we, we went from way up here, but I, I, this uh, really important thing I need to, I can't delay, I must speak about this morning. Brother Trevor, would you come here for a moment? You see, what had happened was, <laughs> you see, he, and then she, and and they, and then, you know, there, there was this thing, and in, any questions? Sister Morgan Hoffer, would you come here? Would you help me celebrate the engagement of Brother Trevor Sloss and Sister Morgan Hoffer this morning? I am so Holy Ghost proud of these two young people who have been amazing examples of young people that walk with God that are submitted to God, submitted to their parents, submitted to the, the leadership and authority in their life. And uh, I want to thank you both publicly for setting such a fine example of how young people should court and date and seek after the will of God in his kingdom. I think we ought to honor that this morning. I think we ought to honor that this morning. I was speaking to somebody recently that, you know, you can, you can fall into the permissible will of God or you can leave that behind for the perfect will of God. And you might be able to make it to heaven in the permissible will of God. But you will miss out on a dimension of God's favor and blessing. That when you surrender to God's will in God's way. And you allow God to do it. There is a dimension of the kingdom that opens to you. That will blow your mind. Brother Trevor, Sister Morgan, we're so proud of you. We're standing with you. And we're believing God for a lifetime of blessing on your life. One more time, help me congratulate them. Oh, yeah, I thank God for that today. Hallelujah. Remain standing, if you would, all over this sanctuary as we prepare 
for the entrance of the word of the Lord into this house. And uh, we, we would stand for the entrance of dignitaries into this place. I believe that we, we should have the ability to stand in reverence of the entrance of the word of the Lord into this house. Would you honor us this morning by, by just standing with us for the reading of the word of the Lord? And uh, we, are, we are standing in expectation of what God wants to do. We, uh, Brother Williams, you are certainly no stranger to this house. And we want to say thank you for following the Holy Ghost. Preaching so capably yesterday. I know the amount of preparation and prayer, consecration that went before you in order for God to yield what was yielded in this house yesterday. We know that this service is ordained by God. We are not here just because of a date on the schedule. We are here by divine appointment. We understand the potential of heaven touching earth in this sanctuary today. We have come with our hearts prepared for what God wants to do. And we want you to come and take your liberty as you minister to this house. One more time, would you lift your hands in the presence of the Lord? And would you lift up your voice as your hands are lifted as Brother Williams comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us in this sanctuary? Come on, if you feel the presence of the Lord in the house, lift up your voice as loud as you can unto the Lord. Come on, give God an earnest praise. Give him an earnest praise. Give him an earnest praise. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, something's happening in the atmosphere right now. Come on, something's shaking in the sanctuary right now. Yes, God, you're worthy, you're worthy. God, you're worthy. Just want to let you in on a little secret this morning. That there's some devils that are getting really, really nervous. I'm just going to let you know that the devil's on the border of being really upset this morning. Because some of you, listen... Some of you are starting to fracture the chains that's been binding you. Some of you are starting to pull back away from the atmosphere and he's losing his grip because he thought he had you right where he wanted you to be. But you said, not today, Satan. I've come with my mind made up. My spirit said that I'm going to be set free, delivered, changed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, praise God like you want deliverance, like you want a breakthrough, like you feel like God's going to do something profound. And so you and I have a job to do this morning. We're just going to kick them out the house all the way this morning. Anybody feel like having church? I said, we're going to put the devil on the run where he belongs. Amen. Amen. This, this house is dangerous. I'm telling you, and, and if we only can tap into the supernatural utterance that's happening, amen, someone can leave here with the Holy Ghost for the first time. Someone could be baptized in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody, you might just get your life together this morning. 
Amen, amen. Clap your hands if you believe that God is in the house. Amen. It is always an honor to be here with this precious body of people, this church, the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Amen. And I, I don't say this. I don't practice lying. Some folks practice that art. <laughs> I don't practice lying. So when I tell you that this church is first class, second to none, by far, some of the most loving servants in the kingdom of God. And God appreciates your efforts to love people, to love his kingdom, to love his name and represent him. Amen. You ought to give yourselves a hand clap. Amen. If you're a part of this church, thank you so much. Amen. God is well pleased with your labor. Amen. So many people this week have been touched, transformed. Amen. By the immense labor of this body. Amen. From the Impact Youth Conference, there is a lingering. I don't know if you can feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now, but there's a lingering. And we thank Pastor Williams and his wife and his family for putting on this conference. Amen. Let them know. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. And, and it has been an a pleasant honor for a third time to be here, soon to be four. And uh, you, you are incredible to us, kind people to us. Amen. And I, I, I thank you so much for being an example to me and my wife. Amen. Of what, of what we should be in the kingdom of God as ministry leading by example. Amen. Amen. I believe that your pastor is a man that if he ran off the cliff, you would run with him, but he's not going off the cliff. He's, he's holding the cliff in his hands. <laughs> amen, amen. Thank you so much. Amen. I, I do want to give honor to my wife. Amen. This, this conference is probably the last conference and, and major traveling that we're going to do before our son is born. And she's been weathering the storm with me, walking with swollen feet and a pretty face. Amen. She's been, she said, baby, it's time to, to slow down a little bit. And uh, we're six weeks away from our short son being born. And so thank you, sweetheart. Love you so much. Amen. Thank you for, for praying with me, fasting with me. We're not taking a break from God. We're just taking a break from traveling. Amen. Amen. Thank you to all the ministers, my friends. I have a few friends here. And it makes it easy. They're all in order this morning. Brother Hoffer stayed to hear me preach. Brother Darren Park and his family stayed to hear me preach. Brother David Stewart, those men are both ministers from our home church. Amen. Thank y'all for staying. Love you so much. Amen. Love y'all. Amen. Amen. I just feel like having church this morning. I told Brother Kendrick. He asked me, he said, man, if you need me, I'm ready to go. That was, that was yesterday. Now, if you were here yesterday, yesterday wasn't one of them days. But today is. <laughs> Clap your hands and lift up your voice and thank the Lord for his spirit.
Amen. Since, since some of you visitors are not fond of long church services, I will be a very quick preacher. Amen. Romans 8 and 18. Romans 8 and 18. And to all the visitors, amen. This church is so thankful that you're here. And um, I always feel very comfortable as, as a visiting preacher because we're both just visiting. And so if you don't like my preaching, guess what? I may or may not be coming back. But, you, but the pastor here is very capable, one of the best preachers in Pentecost. Amen. And so if I'm not here, you come back to hear him preach. Romans 8 and 18. I feel a declaration to preach, not only to this church, but in this season. Because the earth right now is in great turmoil. The season in life that the world is in right now is a season that we've never seen before. And we really need direction to navigate and get out of this dark time. Anybody feel what I'm preaching to you this morning? Amen. And I feel that the word of the Lord is going to speak to us. And I feel to preach this with all my strength. That someone would find the Spirit of God and leave here with boldness and victory in your spirit. Amen. Romans 8 and 18, when you have it, say amen. Where the Lord says, for I reckon that the sufferings, everybody shout sufferings. The sufferings of this present time. That's right now. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory. Somebody shout glory. glory. Come on, do it again if it felt good. Shout glory. glory. Are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be. That's future tense. The glory that shall be revealed in us. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. The sufferings of our present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that's on the way. Anybody going to help me preach this morning? Anybody going to help me preach this morning? Amen, amen. Turn to your neighbor and shout glory. It's on the way. Come on, do it again. Shout glory. It's on the way. Amen. Give the Lord a thunderous hand clap of praise in the house. Come on, there's glory on the way. I said, that's glory on the way. That's glory. That's to fill this house. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Amen. God bless you in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel an unction to preach a declaration in the house to tell somebody that may not understand this season and let you know that glory is on the way. 
Glory is on the way. And I want to preach from this subject, the glory in restoration. The glory in restoration. I'm so glad this morning that we serve a great and mighty God. Anybody serve a great and mighty God? God is so great and infinite in his wisdom. And I'm so glad this morning that I serve a God that can see way further than I can ever see. And when you look in the word of God, we begin to see microscopic glimpse of his supreme nature. When you begin to read in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God begins to show his futuristic and far-sighted nature. When he created everything that was created, the one true and living God created everything that was created. The sun, the moon, the stars, the grass, the clouds, the trees, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea. God created everything. In six days and in that creation, that included mankind. But in this season of creation, something happened in Genesis 2 and 2 that would cause us to pause. Because the Bible says that the Lord rested from the works of his hands. That he ceased from everything that he was doing, the works of his creation and God push the pause button and the issue with that for the earth was that God did not have an intention to press play again he ceased from his work and he stopped creating but because he's infinite in wisdom and he's majestic in power God created mechanisms in the earth that when the earth is temporary, he allowed the earth the abilities to sustain itself. The issue with the earth is everything, everything is temporary. I really want you to hear me preach to you right now. Even your trials and your circumstance, everything, 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 everything is temporary. And because it's temporal time lag, God understood that things that live must die. Things that grow must decay. Things that build up, they, through the decadence of life, begin to crumble down. God even understood that when we hit our peak in life and we get on the other side of the hill, some of us know what I'm talking about this morning. And your knees start creaking. And your back start aching. God understands that this is all a part of life. Let the mature folks say amen. Good thing I'm, on, I'm still on the upside of the hill this morning. Praise God. Everything is temporary and God put in us the ability because he did not have the desire to create again, he gave us the ability to recreate from creation 
the ability to be fruitful and multiply. We can reproduce after our kind because God intended it to be that way. But then there were further problems because mankind were prone to hurting ourselves. Anybody ever hurt yourself before? We hurt ourselves and we, we cut and we bruise and we scar and God put in us mechanisms that our skin cells replicate when we cut ourselves and our blood begins to coagulate and rush to the place of injury. God put in us a mechanism for our bodies to replenish and to heal itself. And that physical principle is related to the spiritual principle of restoration. Everybody shout restoration. And I want to preach this morning about the glory in restoration. The Apostle Paul, Romans 8 and 18, declares a message to the church. I'm preaching to the church this morning. A message to the church. He said, for I reckon that the sufferings of this right now season, the present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory, the glory, the glory that's on the way. Just walking this morning and I, I, I've come to preach to you and let you know that where we are right now is not finite, it's not finished, it's not, it's not eternal, but God is walking us through a season. Uh, and I've made in my mind I'm going to be where God is walking uh, in the church, in the house of God, uh, in his presence, uh, because glory is on the way. And, and Paul begins to write, and I'm looking at this text, and... My mind begins to wonder why in the world would Paul even give the illusion of a comparison, comparing suffering to glory. Can I tell you why this morning? Because every one of us in this house, we are human folk, and we compare everything. We look at our circumstances, we said, God, why aren't things the way they used to be? I wish I had money like I used to have. I wish my family was happy like we used to be. I wish my days were brighter and my life was better. And we compare the good, the bad, the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, the bright days, the bad days. We compare everything. Let the church say amen. And because we weigh out the apples and the oranges and we weigh out the heaviness and the lightness of our loaves and the complexions of our trials, Paul said, I want you to understand something, church. He said, don't be foolish enough to think that the glory that God is going to reveal in us is worthy to even compare where we are right now. I pray you feel what I'm preaching to you right now. He said, don't you understand that where you are is not finite, that the, the sufferings of our present time are not even worthy to be talked about what God is about to do. It's not even worthy to be compared with the glory, the glory, the glory that shall. But I feel the Holy Ghost in the house right now. You need to understand that days are going to get better. That your life is going to be better. That your world is going to change. Because God is in control. Oh, you ought to clap your hands if you want glory to show up. You ought to clap your hands if you want glory to show up. If you want the Holy Ghost.
Somebody shout glory. It's all right if I just take my time and preach a little bit. And you look at a young, energized, zealous preacher like myself that like to smile because I don't have nothing to frown about. Because we serve a great and mighty God. It ain't no time for frowns. Some of you still frowning this morning. We're going to fix that. And you look at me this morning, you say, well, preacher, I, I understand it's Sunday morning, and, and I know that this is the day the Lord has made, and, and I, I understand we must be grateful in all things, but you really don't know what I'm going through. Am I preaching to anybody just yet? You really don't understand the complexions of my life. You don't understand the perplexions of my mind, the worries, the weariness, the heaviness that I'm going through. But guess what, somebody? Can I tell you, I know a God that does. I'm going to say it over here to the right side just in case you didn't hear me. I might not understand what you're going through and feel where you're sitting and know where you're living, but I do. I do happen to know a God uh, that he has a mind uh, beyond understanding, beyond comprehension, uh, and he knows the situation uh, that you're in before you even got there. And, and I feel that I must convince us this morning, I must convince you that the sufferings of our present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that's coming. Can I convince somebody this morning? Anybody going to help me preach this morning? Because God has given us his word. And he cannot lie. It's not possible. It is impossible for God to even think about lying. Therefore, if his word says it, it shall be revealed. And I know that I'm, I'm young and may not have had all of life's fullness of treacherous experiences, but I, I understand that the word of God was given to us so that when we pull open the layers of scripture and you begin to read the word of God, that God in his 66 books has given the provision of bread, that when you look at the scripture and you read the text, that sometimes there's something that jumps out and you say, that's me right there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That sometimes you can't even understand and explain what you even need in your life. But the word of God begins to speak to you and said, you shall live and not die. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I'm blessed beyond measure. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed. Word of God begins to speak to us, Brother Kendrick. It begins to talk to us. Can I, can I let it talk to you for a little while? The word of God begins to speak to us and the patriarchs and the men of old and the women of renown and the people in the word of God, they have lived common lives with like passions as we have. Everybody wants to read these Bible stories and like, man, these people were just so great. No, they were just normal people like you and I. They were real folk with real problems. Anybody got some real problems? Some of y'all got them, them Toys R Us problems, but I got real problems. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you begin to work, read the Word of God, and sometimes we miss, I believe we miscalibrate and recalculate 
with misinterpretation of what these people were really experiencing and feeling. And there is a young man that I've come to, to love the way that he writes, and we all love him, but I, I, I want to help you this morning because I believe that there was someone in the Word of God that if he was sitting on the seat next to you, he would be able to empathize and know exactly how you feel right now. This man that I'm talking about is David. Everybody knows David. Everybody knows the King David. And you say, well, Brother Williams, how could David, this man that understands royalty, that was favored in God's eye, that he was the apple of his eye, the man that he said, you're going to be king in, in, when he's in this meadow, God anoints him. How could David understand suffering? Well, let me tell you, sometimes you got to be careful how you misjudge folks when you look at the glory, but you haven't seen their suffering. I'm going to say that again just in case you, you better be careful how you miscalculate the way people shout in the altars on a Sunday morning like this. Uh, because you, you can see where they are now, but you ain't seen the suffering they've been through. Anybody been through some messed up stuff uh, and you said, I've, I've seen the suffering, uh, but I'm walking in the glory. Uh, and if God brought me out, uh, the glory shall be revealed in you too. And I think about David and you think royalty, but I see a whole lot of suffering. I see a young man that his own dad didn't even think he was qualified enough to stand in line with his brothers to be king. I see a young man, I see a man that he knows what it felt like to be betrayed by his own family. Anybody hear me preach to you this morning? I see a man that knows what it felt like to have death knock on his door and lose a child and lose uh, somebody so close to him. Anybody hear me preach to you this morning? Uh, David knew what it felt like to, to have his own blood trying to kill him. Uh, to have the king hunting him down like a dog. Uh, he said, what am I, uh, like a flea that you would even chase after me? Uh, I'm nobody. Uh, and David, 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 David knew what it felt like to suffer. So it's with this mindset of suffering that I begin to read his words a whole lot differently. Psalm 23. Anybody know that song? Yeah, that's that good shouting song right there. That's that good bone-shaking song, something that make you want to get off your couch and praise God. The Lord's my shepherd. Anybody felt that? You felt that, didn't you? The Lord's my shepherd. sounds poetic, doesn't it? It sounds so good, you just want to make it roll off the tongue. The Lord's my shepherd. And we read that and we get, we get strength from that. Anybody ever got strength from reading, reading psalms like that? He said, David, thank you for writing that. But Brother Williams, I begin to read this text looking at David through the eyes of suffering. And maybe this text, maybe this psalm wasn't as pretty as you thought it was. Because David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because David understood that there were some things I needed in my life. And when I've ran out of my money and I've ran out of everything that I've tried to do uh, and I've ran out of the own answers to my own questions, uh, I realized that at the end of the day there was nobody but Jesus that can pull me out. 
I don't know if you hear me this morning. David said, I, I, don't, I don't know what y'all do and how you fix your problems, uh, but I realize that the Lord's walking with me. Uh, and as long as Jesus with me, uh, I don't have one for anything because uh, I can't fix my family. Uh, I can't change my life. Uh, I can't redirect my mind. Uh, I need the shepherd to walk with me. Anybody need the shepherd this morning? Uh, anybody need Jesus this morning? my shepherd I shall not want but then this is where David David takes a turn that it may have not been as pretty as you thought it was he said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures and you said man that sounds so pretty but is it God said, David, David, I understand that you know that I can't, you can't do anything without me, but I need you to understand something else. He says, sometimes you are going so fast in life, I need to put the brakes on you. I'm about to preach to somebody this morning. Sometimes I just need you to slow down a, a little bit so that you might find me like you've never found me before. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house right now. Sometimes I need to bring the earth to a screeching halt and cause you to be on quarantine in a place of isolation by yourself. Oh, I hope the church hear me this morning so that you might know me like you've never known me before. God caused David. He made David. He forced David to lie down and take a chill pill. And David said, he leaded me beside the still waters. And that sounds so poetic. Now, I understand this morning, I'm not trying to stretch the text. I'm just trying to be young David this morning. And I can see David in the meadow, the green pasture that's not as green as you think it is. Because in the Mediterranean meadow, it's a bare and wilderness. There ain't much grass. And there's grass that's coming out of the rocks. And you're kicking up dirt as you're walking in the middle of east. And he's trying to find out. He said, I've led my sheep here before. But now the great shepherd has me by my hand. And he's leading me beside the still waters. And it sounds pretty. Until you realize that you would never see your reflection in a water that's rippled with a current. You need the still waters to be able to peer over in the water and see what's staring back at you. Anybody hear me preach to you this morning? Can I tell you what's happening right now? Uh, there's a whole lot of people that are complaining about this season, this COVID, uh, the C word. Uh, oh, it's so great. Uh, it's so monstrous. Uh, but can I let you know that God has a finite way uh, of putting us in place uh, so that you will slow down enough uh, to say, won't you find my voice? Uh, won't you find my face? Uh, won't you seek my name? Uh, I'm causing you to be in a room by yourself uh, where you have no friends uh, and nobody to talk to. Uh, I'm causing you to be on quarantine that you might find. That you might find me. And I can only imagine David. David peers over in that still brook and he sees himself. And when he looks, he realized, wait a minute, I thought I was close to God. I thought I was, I was prayed up like I should be. But when suffering comes knocking on your door, then it changes the whole game. 
and you realize, God, I need to be so much closer. I need to find you so much more. I need to dig a little bit deeper. Anybody hear me preaching to you? I need to praise you just a little bit more. I need to love you just a little bit more. The man I thought I was, the woman I thought I was, I see in the still waters that I need to see you like I've never seen you before. Anybody hear me preach to you right now? And David, David, this is what makes me think that David caught the picture. Because he said he's making me to lie down in green pastures. He leading beside the still waters. And then the light switch came on. And David said, God, I know why you brought me here. God, I know why you let these things be. I know why you're allowing me to be isolated by myself. I know why you let me feel so lonely in my brokenness, in my hurt, in my depression. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Because David, when he's by that still water, he said, God, you brought me here because you restore my soul. He restores my soul. He restored my soul. Can I tell you that God brought you here? That don't be afraid to walk in the season of quiet. Don't be afraid to walk in the valley by yourself because though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for that Oh, you ought to thank God that glory is on the way. That glory is on the way. He said, I'm going to restore you in this time. I'm going to give you a new anointing, pour it out, overflowing like you've never Come on, praise God. Come on, praise him in the back and say, God, send down the glory. Send down the glory. Send down the glory. Somebody shout glory. glory. That glory, glory is on the way. David, David is in this valley. He's in this, in this place. And I, I, I just, this is just me right now. Sometimes you try to squint your eyes. And even with 20-20 vision, you don't see not anything that even looks like light. But can I tell somebody this morning, can I let you know something this morning? Sister. Glory's on the way. Glory's on the way. Come on, it might not look like it. It might be dark. You might feel by yourself. Does Jesus still love me? Does Jesus still hear me? And I've come to tell you that the sufferings of your present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, glory's coming. Glory's coming. Come on, get it in your bones this morning. Glory's coming. Well, I wish, I don't wish, but if you was in one of the old Baptist churches, you would hear it. Glory. Come on, you ought to get an attitude about it. Glory. You got to know it. You got to believe it. You got to feel it that when I leave those doors, uh, that's going to be a ray of the Shekinah glory uh, that it leaves this house uh, and it follows me to my house, uh, that my children are going to be restored. Uh, my marriage is going to be restored. Uh, my finances is going to be restored. Uh, my world's going to be restored uh, because glory, 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 glory. That's why David was a praiser, because he seen the glory. But you may be tempted. Because even in times where we hear preaching and we say, preacher, I, 
I know you're excited, but you, I, 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 I just can't get on board with that yet. Can I let you understand that sometimes let God allows the good to suffer for the bad? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody wants to say, man, how could God allow us to be in this time? But sometimes the good has to be lumped in with the bad. And we only see the bad. We don't see the good because it's hard for us to understand how God is operating beneath the surface. And you can't see him working, but he is. And you can't feel him working, but he is. And you can't see the glory, but it's on the way. It's like you, you just see something coming over that hill. It, it, it looks like it. It might be. Is that, is that glory? Are things about to change? Yes, they are. Now, don't, don't miscalculate me and say, bro, Brother Williams, are you a prophet? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I know the word of God, and I know that God's going to take care of his people. And I know God's going to still have a church. And I know God's still going to have revival. And I know God's still going to heal. And I know God's still going to save. And I know God's still going to deliver. And if you ask me, that looks like glory. Everybody say in the church. For us that are in the church, this season, this hour presents an opportunity for our loved ones that are not in the church. Am I ministering? I just, I'm just ministering right now. Is this all right? This season presents an opportunity, not a negativity, an opportunity for those that are still on the outside trying to crawl their way here. Because you look at David in another psalm that we like to quote is Psalm 51. Lord, help us. I don't know why we even like that psalm. That's an ugly face song. Brother Jordan, that's one of them ugly cry song, psalms. The ones you just... Anybody make the ugly face besides myself? Can I tell you, God loves that ugly face. He loves when you're so broken and you have nowhere else to go. You said, Jesus, help me. God, help me. And you don't care who's looking at you. Uh, and you will get out in the aisles and run uh, when nobody else running. Uh, and you will begin to leap for joy uh, when nobody else leaping. Say, God, I don't care what I look like. Uh, I don't care what I look like. Uh, I want glory to be revealed in me. Uh, I want glory to be revealed in me. Psalm 51 and 10, David, David, this 51 comes after 23, so just don't, just forgive me if I, if I think they're chronological, but, but, but David found himself in another dark place when he had messed up. Anybody messed up before? I'm talking to people that, uh, listen, listen, hear me carefully. I'm talking to people that we need to own up to our mistakes. That's what God loves, transparency, uh, to say, God, I did it, I messed up, I don't know why, but can you help me? 
And God cannot resist a broken and contrite heart. He can't turn it away. He can't look away. He said, wait a minute. That looks like they need salvation. They look like they need repentance. They look like they need mercy. And God is saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. Glory is coming. Glory is coming. Glory is And that's why we need to take advantage of Sunday morning in the Rock Church of Fort Myers. Because when you get to Jesus, you will get to the glory. When you find Jesus, you will find the glory. When you find... And the reason why I am in love with what God is doing in the earth is because sometimes people will never, ever, ever, never find God until suffering knocks on their door. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to find God when your fridge is full. It's hard to find God when your college when your kids' college fund is fully paid out. Oh, it's hard to find God when you just got a 30% bonus on the job. It's hard to find God then. But you let them roaches start crawling around your fridge. Because ain't nothing in there. And you get laid off because you're the non-essential employee. And you let, you let your family and your friends that you've been giving rides to work to say, I can't help you. You let suffering start knocking on your door and your prayers start changing. Your mind starts changing. You say, wait a minute, maybe I need God after all. Anybody here appreciate you right now? Let, let us make mistakes like I've made mistakes and been so shameful to even come to the presence of God. Anybody ever been like that and said, God, why in the world did I do that? What is wrong with me? I'm preaching to you this morning. Hear me right now. And David in Psalm 51 and 10, he began to pray like we need to pray. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. Listen. He said, cast me not away from your presence, God. I felt you walk with me in the valley before. I felt you in my dark times before. But don't leave me now. Don't leave me now. I need you more than I ever needed you. I need God more than I ever needed him. You need God more than you ever needed him. God, don't fail me now. He said, don't cast me away from that presence. He said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God, I need the Holy Ghost to walk in this season. Do you understand that without God, you'll be like most men, most miserable, without hope, without joy, without life. But because I'm here, I can smile in this day and say glory's on the way. And say glory's on the way. And then it's almost like David had a flashback. Like he had a flashback to when he was by himself. No family, no friends, nobody else to talk to but God. And David said, God, if you did it to me before, if you worked a miracle before, if you changed my life before, then maybe, just maybe, you're the God of the encore and you can repeat your best performance. I don't know if you're hearing me this morning. 
Some of you need to crawl back to God and say, God, I'm not where I need to be. I'm not where I used to be. I need the glory in my life again. I need my prayer life back again. I need the Shekinah glory again. I need an anointing again. I need the Holy Ghost again. And David said, God, put it on the board, put it on the board. Verse 12, he said, God, can you restore unto me the joy of that salvation? God, can you give me that spirit back? God, can you give me that anointing back? God, can you give me the glory back? I need to be restored. Oh, you ought to praise God in the house right now and say, God, restore me. God, restore me. God, restore me. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Can I talk to the visitors? Come on, can I talk to the visitors for three minutes? Listen carefully. Listen carefully. The reason why you were drawn and compelled here is because there's restoration and there's glory in this house. And when you step off in the mud and you make mistakes and you fall flat on your face, you feel guilty. You feel unclean, you feel unworthy, you feel messed up. Anybody ever felt like that before? You feel so dirty, you don't, you're scared to lift your hands, you're scared to even say anything because, God, I feel unworthy to be in your presence. But that's why David said, create in me a clean heart. There's a washing and a restoration that happens in this house. And guess what? Listen, the devil will never, ever tell you to repent. That ain't the devil talking to you. Can I just preach for a little while? If you feel like you need to be baptized this morning, that is not the devil talking to you. If you look around and you say, man, I want to catch the Holy Ghost this morning. That ain't the devil talking to you. That's God leading you beside the still waters uh, and say, yes, right, uh, that's what you need. Uh, that's right, that's what you need. Uh, I'm coming to your house. Uh, I'm coming to your house. Uh, there's glory in the house. Somebody shout glory. And the reason why we are not all the way convinced is because we have a hard time believing that God is really in control. Yeah, we know it with our mind, but we don't believe it with our heart. That God is in control of everything. Everything. Brother Williams, hold on a minute. You mean to tell me he was in control of the bathroom too? Well, I hate to hurt your feelings this morning, but yes. God is in control of everything. And even the times of suffering, God saw the glory before the suffering even came. But I'm going to help convince us, Joel 2 and 25. We look at our time right now, quarantine, economic depression, life is 
just messed up crazy. And we see the suffering. Anybody just feel like you just like, man, what in the world is going on? Anybody felt like that? You just like, what in the world? I don't know about y'all. I just be honest with a God. I'm like, God, what's up, man? Like, this is wild. <laughs> it's the straight up prayers that'll get you where you need to be. <laughs> so, Lord, help me. Some of you folks are just professional prayers, and I understand that. I come to you, my heavenly Father, on bending knees with gracious heart and broken hands. God, please oblige my sufferings with your greatness in the kingdom and show up to my home today. And folks like me just like, God, help me. Oh, it didn't help me, folks, over here. God, help. Y'all professional over there. God, can you help? And God says, I'm right here where you want me to be. I've been in the meadow. I've been in the valley. I've been in the dark. And glory's on the way. we serve a God, stay standing, because we serve a God that restores. I want you to understand his process and his method of thinking. He told his people, anybody, anybody, you, you, you feel like you're God's children this morning? He told his people, he said, watch what I'm about to do. He said, I will restore to you the years. Not days, not months, not weeks, the years. Probably been about 152 days we've been just going through just mess on earth. But that ain't nothing in the eyesight of God. God said, drop in the bucket. I'll restore the years you lost. Some of you feel like you ain't had a financial breakthrough since you've been born. God can fix that. Some of you feel like you don't even know what it looks like to see your own teeth in the mirror because you don't know how to smile. God can fix that. Some of you, you your only hope is running to your psychologist for help. Oh, but there's restoration in the house, and God can fix that. He said, I'll restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten. And the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm. Now, I'm just, I, I got four minutes and 37 seconds. I'm almost there. And you look at this, and you're like, man, that sounds like a really good text, but what in the world does that mean? I'll tell you what it means. The only time you see the locusts appear in Scripture is during a time of great darkness and plagues. The locusts come out of the east. In Egypt, and the locusts come out of the out of the great furnace in Revelation, and locusts only come when things are really bad. God sent the locusts, and He sends them to destroy the things that are green and lively. And just when you thought you was getting ahead, just when you thought things were getting better, then the locusts came and ate it up. 
The locusts don't leave anything left. God, God sent hell, the sixth plague, he sent hell upon, upon the children, upon the Egyptians. And the hell didn't, do, didn't finish the job. The ground was beat up, the plants were withered and crumpled over. And God said, no, I need to fix this. He sends the locusts. He said, I'm going to send them to eat everything that the hell left undone. And then the canker worm. Anybody knows what a canker worm is? Canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm are all in the same family. We all know what a caterpillar is, right? I pray we do. Lord, help us. The caterpillar is the larval stage of the butterfly. I remember reading this book when I was a little kid, and I'm a nerd, and I can't help it. It's okay. I love it. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Anybody read that book before? Oh, man, we got some. Yeah. No nerds in the house. The very hungry caterpillar, and this caterpillar, would, it would devour and eat everything in sight because it's trying to store up enough energy that when it's going in its, in, its, in its cocoon, the process of metamorphosis, it has to have enough energy. So it comes out as a butterfly, and so it eats, and it eats, and it eats, and it eats. Well, the canker worm and the palmer worm are the larval stage of the moth. Butterflies and moths are not the same thing. But they all devour and devour. I want to preach to somebody in the house right now that when you thought you was getting some joy in your life, then depression hits you like a freight train. <laughs> Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And you're trying to figure out, God, why is life persecuting me? Why is this going on? God, what in the world are you doing? But you must understand something about this. I get ready to shout and just tear the house up every time I think about this. The locust, the canker worm, and the palmer worm, and the caterpillar are limited in their abilities. Can you see the end of this verse right here? The locusts had eaten the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm. And then God says this, my great army, which I sent among you. Do you understand what that means? That means that the things that are devouring you in your life the locust, the canker worm, everything that looks dark, grim, and impossible to be fixed. Can I tell you that they all work for God? They work for God. And when God says, guess what? She's had enough. He'll stop the rain. And guess what? He's had enough. And he'll stop the storm. Guess what? He's been sitting in darkness long enough. And glory starts creeping over the clouds. And glory starts coming over the hill. They work for God. trust God and you know the God you serve you will understand that God has you right where you are. You're not in turmoil and it's not unfixable you're not in a situation and it's not inescapable. You're in the hands of God and God will restore God will bless, God will heal, God will keep God will save 
with me all across the house if you can. And what we need to happen in this house right now is we need the glory. We need God to show up and just mess your mind up. I ain't talking about messed up like you think it is because some of you think uh, you're on the verge of losing your everlasting mind. Uh, but I serve a God that he will restore your mind. Uh, he'll give you peace beyond understanding. Uh, he'll give you joy beyond recognition. Uh, he'll give you, that's it, that's it. That God is drawing right now. And when you feel like you left God and God is so far away, guess what? He's in the green pasture where you left him. And I wonder what would happen if some of us folks, listen, some of you visitors, I want you to hear me right now. You don't really feel comfortable stepping out, but I promise you, if you step out, it'll be the best decision you ever made in your life. It will be the best decision you ever made in your life. I wonder what would happen if you begin to cry out like David cried out and said, God, create in me a clean heart. And renewing me a right spirit, God, because I need the glory to show up in my house. I wonder what I wonder what would happen if a daddy, you grab your children and say, we're going to the altar today. We're going to the altar today because I need glory in my house. I need glory in my family. I need glory on my job. I need glory in my marriage. I need glory. I need glory. I need glory. I need glory. Come on, if you need glory, you don't need to wait for me. You lift up your voice and you talk to the shepherd. And you said, God, send down the glory. Send down the glory. Send down the glory. Send down the glory. Come on, come on, come on, come on. That's it. Cry out, send down the glory. Come on, send it down, God. God, I'm in a dark place, but send your glory. God, I'm in brokenness, but send your glory. You need the Spirit of God this morning. You need the Spirit of God this morning. Come on, come on, it's coming to your house. It's coming to your house. God, I need your glory. I'm broken. I'm depressed. I'm weary. I'm losing my mind. But God, send down your glory. Come on, let them hear you. Let them hear you. Let them hear you. Let them hear you. Come on, I know your family. They, they turn it back on you. I know your friends. You can't trust them no more. But trust the king. But trust the shepherd. There's glory on the way. My weakness. That's it. That's it. Lord, I am broken. My life is in Come on, you want to let those tears out. Come on, some of you want to cry so bad. You want to cry so bad, but you're holding it back. But you need to be broken and said, God, 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 I need your spirit.